Distinguished adventurers, <laughs> welcome to the house party without mom. I mean, Lauren, our humble DM, is unavailable to join us tonight, so for your drinks with the DM, you actually get drinks with the cast. Uh, hey! <laughs> yeah! Is this going on Patreon, or is this, is this, this is going out this is, It's Patreon. It's our drinks with the DM. Wait, so, are we you know, sure? Because, I mean, we're recording in our normal spot. Are, are we sure this is not also an app? This is for everyone. Yes. This, maybe some of the juicier stuff will go. We'll, well have an if it does go dark. public, then hey, public, this is what you can get when you go behind that paywall. Yeah. yeah. One dollar a month. It's One dollar a month gets you mostly Lauren, but sometimes us uh, when it comes to drinks at the D. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, Lauren's away uh, doing D&D Beyond charity things, which is amazing. Uh, so go support those extra live streams, which will probably be over by the time this comes out. But, hey, you should have done so anyway because charity is good. Thank you for in advance for supporting those extra life streams. Yes. I am your humble barbarian fighter, Carlton Tanks. And in today's episode of Houses and Humans, I'll be playing your uh, northeastern, southern transplanted visual storyteller john and who when he's not working on moving caricatures also likes to sell dice for some weird fantasy game that humans play jonathan the magic muscular would you like to introduce your character sure this is jonathan the magic muscular and i am playing jonathan the human artificer guys are we seriously playing all humans that's that's a little okay why fine fine whatever yeah hey hey have fun with Whatever. Anyway, this character, he is a human artificer. Like I said, he's taking some feats to improve his strength and int because, you know, that's on brand. But uh, he rolled pretty badly on some of his flaws. He got he's got some pretty, pretty nasty chronic uh, curses that he's uh, trying to keep under control. But he is uh, he's he's still he's still in it to uh, win it. He loves games of skill and chance and also drinks like this uh, rum and coke, which is delicious. Oh, and I forgot to mention that Carlton is drinking Yoritos, wine. All right, Travancore, tell us about your character for Houses and Humans. Good people of the human realm. Tonight, I'll be playing Jack, human financier and father and husband. He's a descendant of migrants to the Sylvan province of the Northwest continent, and apparently he plans parties for people who don't live near him, but he also worships some kind of revenant. You can't make this stuff up. A dead guy comes back, and they make a small religion about him. But the converts don't really understand what he was teaching, and they all just use an excuse to be really terrible to each other. Wait, you worship a a, a revenant? A revenant? Some Wouldn't that be of, a zombie? Well, some sort of carpenter who came who came back from the dead. I don't know the details of it. I didn't read the character sheet that Listen, long. Houses and Humans is not real life. Uh, you know, different things can happen. In Houses and Humans, the gods don't take as active in a role as our gods do. I mean, I died it's, once, so it's possible. How many yeah. diamonds That's... did it cost to bring that guy back? I have to look into that. Uh, that's a really good question. Well, we'll have uh, we'll have Jack roll a religion check on that in a moment. But Bernice, <laughs> introduce your character. Oh, and wait, before we do that, uh, what is Jack drinking? I'm drinking something called Franziconer Weiss beer, which I guess is from the Weiss region of Faerun. It's uh, very refreshing, and I have it in this uh, ornamental mug with uh, some sort of icon on it of some, of some kind. It's some runic language that I don't quite understand. Neither do I. I guess it doesn't matter. Well... When in Rome, or whatever that means. I guess Rome's one of the places in this game. Yeah, when in Rome. All right, and Bernice, what about your character? And what is she drinking? So I'm Bernice Q. Burns, and tonight I'm playing a character, and her name is Jules, and she's a human. And oh my god, she's really tall, guys. She's like five foot. Whoa! <laughs> oh, that's uh, 
Uh, get, getting into that that's fantasy like spirit, Bernie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's like almost, I'd have to stand on my that's, own shoulder. That's Travancore sized, actually. That's like two me's in a trench coat. So she is also a transplant. I guess they move around a lot. I'm not sure. She works in a museum, and I'm sure that sounds fun. She's really into history. She's got a really high history bonus. Not very religious, so I'm not sure what we talk about. But we actually look surprisingly similar, and that's mostly just because I wasn't feeling really creative on that side. So I decided she'd also have red curly hair, but she gets to be tall. Well, at least her character has a different name. Hmm. She does have a different name. <laughs> Listen, just because Jonathan the Magimuscular's character has the name Jonathan and also looks suspiciously like Jonathan the Magimuscular, I had a lot to drink when we were making characters. Yeah, you did. Gisak was like concerned, and so was I, because I'm not wasting a healing spell on your hangover. Sorry, Bernice, continue. <laughs> Tonight, I'm drinking something from this really great brewery that's actually just a little bit down the road from the, the Golden Rock Tavern. And it is the beer I've got is a Guava Goes. It's got guava coriander and pink Himalayan salt. Fun fact about that, everybody thinks that pink salt is somehow the key to good health. They're idiots, but it tastes pretty nice. <laughs> Funny you mentioned guava. I had a drink on deck for when I finished my vice beer. Oh, yeah. I actually uh, have a guava yoritos for one of our adventures down the line. We should have made it guava night. All right, um, yeah. let's get the game started. How do you play houses and humans? Well, if you guys don't remember where we last left off, about six months ago, something very similar to the Death Curse has taken over the world, and it's called the COVIDs. That's a stupid name for a disease. Jonathan the Metromuscular could come up with something way better, like like uh, like Death Lung or uh, the, the Cursed Cough. Th- those are way better names. I, I'm looking at my character sheet, and I don't have any healing healing spells. How are we supposed to fix it? We actually had something similar in Perconum. They called it mask rabies because apparently anytime someone got it, they, they went nuts and refused to have their mouth covered in any meaningful way. That's uh, that sounds, yeah. that sounds really awful. Weird. Yeah. So it has been roughly six months since we've all, since this uh, curse has taken over the lands and you have decided that your adventuring group would re- meet, meet remotely, as in not in the same places, through this thing where it takes your picture like a character of you and like projects it onto a device that your other friends have. So like a major image, like a camera obscura into my brain. Yes, exactly. Okay, I, I, I'm getting it, picking up on what you're putting down. Is it like sending but less obnoxious? Uh, indeed, it's uh, because you do not have to be restricted by 25 words. Is it, Jonathan? Yes. And unlike sending, where you can't send pictures. I gotcha. Jonathan the Magimuscular will note that his messages to Ravine, not that it's any of your business, they were fine. Nothing lewd <laughs> or untoward about them. And even if they were, it's between us. Between consenting adults. Between, between uh, consenting humans and tieflings, yes. Isn't even if there was, isn't that like common for there definitely was? Oh, yes. Travis oh, yes. I'm yes. sorry, okay. that's a transition Just making issue, sure. But yeah, you were correct. Got it. Okay, thank you. Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't have to take this. Teleport. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what have your characters been up to in the six months since you weren't able to go about your daily lives? Let's start with Jack. That sounds so weird. Oh, boy. Well, the challenges for Jack have been to be able to ease the other characters in the group. He's the family man. Wait, you gave your character kids? 
Well, yeah, I thought I don't have kids. I didn't even know if I wanted kids or kids were a possibility until very recently. So I thought, why not explore this in game format before actually doing it in real life to see whether or not it's worth the hassle. And gosh, in, in this environment, it's, uh, ooh, it's fitty fitty. It's so Do you get fitty. bonuses? Is there a bonus? I think there's a dad joke bonus here where I get a plus one pity charisma for any time I make a joke that's really bad. Because I'm, a, because I'm a father. But you also do get another bonus to charisma when you have the child with you if said child is adorable. And you know what? We're just going to hand wave it. Your child is adorable. You don't have to worry about oh, that. Oh, yay. Okay. Is there, is, so does this effect have a range? Is it like 30 feet? Uh, is it a cone? Like whatever direction uh, you... It's, yeah, it's about 30 feet, uh, give or take. Similar effect to puppies, but it lasts for 18 years. Oh. Um, there will be a rough patch in the middle. Oh, J- Jack has one of those too. It's a, it's a beagle dog of some kind yes similar to our uh, baron von kokosnut yes yeah it's much smaller though nothing is similar to baron von kokosnut he is managing at his day job uh being very active in his house of worship of the uh the revenant that's just where we're going with for the name of that re- that god the revenant well it's uh, y- you want to go opposite like apparently oh I, I don't know how the reference is to trap uh gosh <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess Shadow kind of bristles every time I say the word Revenant, though. I don't know why. Oh, I get it. I got it. I got it. This is Jonathan, the real person who just got that <laughs> joke. Okay, got it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's active. It's a, it's limited to the other, like, migrants from the part of the world that Jack's parents were from. But there's an increasing dynamic tension between the culture where they are and the culture where they were. So that's a fun element to, to play with. I have to roll a lot of I guess they call them theology checks, religion checks. Uh, yeah, it would be similar to our religions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jack, go ahead and give me. Let's see how active you, uh, how well reviewed you are in your community uh, for this religion. Uh, go ahead and give me a theology check. Theology check. Roll a d twenty. I have no idea what my bonuses are. Yeah, go ahead and roll it. And I'll let you know. If oh, I rolled. I, I rolled a two. Oh no. Well, oh no. So. The thing about your reli- your religion and your thing, you're very active in like your small part, but in the global sense of it, you are actually just like a drop in the water. Yeah, with that role. That's oh, that's okay. I can uh, uh the the uh, the dice given the dice take it away, right? Yep. That's why I get for having to hard the cards. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, Julia, what what have you been up to? What's your character been up to? Well, she has a nickname. She goes by Jules. And it looks like she's doing something called working from home. So that's something. She's learning another language. There's a place in this, I guess, realm called France. Hmm. Yes. It's across the, what uh, is known as the Atlantic. Oh, it's from the the continent that thinks it's a continent, but it's not a continent. Oh, yeah, because it's all connected. Yeah. And then there's the island that thinks it's part of the, but it's not anymore. It's, it's. She's this, learning this, this. This game world has some deep lore. It really yeah, does. I, I've spent a lot of time developing it. You know, more than 2,020 years. More than that of history in this world. Definitively more. Definitively. Several million years yes. more. But we're not going to get into that because we'll just spend all time talking about history, which I know your character really likes, but is a snooze fest. Yeah, obviously. No, she's going to level up and actually add that language because she's in a new place and there's national languages here. So they don't speak common. They speak something called English, which I think is sort of like 
it's like there's enough places around the world that speak English, but there's also places around the world that all speak, like, it's like there's been a lot of um, colonization in this one, which is interesting. So she's got to learn the other national language in this place, and she's been doing a lot of, like, sewing. She likes making things. It's interesting. Like, I feel like she'd get along with Carlton really well with his hammocks and things. Yeah, I bet they would be really good friends. Uh, and Jonathan the Magimuscular, what's Jonathan the Human Artificer been up to? Well, so Jonathan this this Human Artificer is also doing the same thing that this Jewels is doing, where they are working from home, which I'm not sure how you do. How do you be an artificer and and fix things from home? But apparently, Jonathan the Human Artificer can do it. He's from the South regions, but the it's it's interesting because the area he's from, even though it is in the, the south part of this land, it doesn't identify as the south. Yeah, that's like weird because my character is from the south, but now she lives in something that's called the true north. So I don't. They, do the, uh, these characters teleport around a bunch? Anyway. Yeah, yeah uh, the characters are very nomadic in this world. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, he has been taking his time and trying to trying to better himself he has learned this uh dance called yoga mm. it's not a martial art but it is it's got poses that are called warrior and so i i don't, I don't know i i kind of read it out of your, one of your books and it sounded interesting so i just said yeah sure he's doing that uh jonathan have jonathan give me a performance check to see how well he dances at yoga uh, how well he does the yoga. Oh, while he's doing that, Travancore, based on his ance- Jack's ancestors, or Jack, based on his like ancestors' experience with yoga, wants to do a history check to see how much of he knows about this yoga. Sure, go ahead and give me a history check. So, uh, Jonathan the Human Artificer got a, let's see, I'm not sure what his bonuses are. It's probably uh, like a plus one, maybe a plus zero. So I think he what got was a 14. I'll let you know. Uh, huh? 13, he got 13. Yeah, so you're actually still at the novice stage with that uh, after your bonuses. You feel like you're starting to pick up on some of the key moves, but you're still definitely a novice. I can't do Warrior 3 without a chair. This is Jonathan, the actual person talking. It's really, really hard. <laughs> uh, and uh, what did Jack get on his role? Oh, Lord. I think I must be being scried on by some beast, or there must be an evil spirit on me there. Uh, Jack rolled an 8. I can't wait to hear what Jack knows about yoga. Well... <laughs> He doesn't know the full history, but he knows that it does have roots in some spirituality. Okay. But seems to have been culturally appropriated by people of fairer complexion. That tracks. Oh, so Jonathan, the human artificer, is also learning. Uh, he's gaining some skills in an instrument called the trombone. The trombone? A trombone. Oh, is he a baker? Uh, no, no, it's some sort of, uh, it's again a performance, uh, sort of like yoga, but in- instead, it's it's like a it's like a bugle. Like what we have here, bugles and stuff, but apparently it, it like, moves? I don't know. Uh, again, Is he a bard? Just, uh, Dances. not yet. I think he, I, you know what, I haven't decided if he's going to multiclass yet. So in this system, you actually have to work on the skills before you're allowed to multiclass. Whereas before, you'd be like, I am now this. Here you have to advance your skills till your skills are good enough. Carlton, it's it's yes. I I think I have the prerequisites to take the to take the multi-class. I feel like you're just kind of being you're you're being very fiddly by by making this character practice every day 
and do his thing to take the class of bar. The, 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 guys, that sounds like a lot. I mean, hey, if if it, if it could work like it does here, I would make it work like it does here. But I didn't design the game. These are the rules. You know, if you don't like it, you can uh, paper bird Crawman Jeremy, Jeremy Crawford. Just paper bird Jeremy Crawford. Oh, that nerd. Okay. That nerd. <laughs> He's the same in both worlds. All right. Should we answer some questions? Yeah. This is yeah. fun. Thank you, John. Yeah. Well, hey, but let, before we do that, uh, Carlton's character, John, has actually recently had been out of work because of the uh, the death covids. Oh, no. Uh, but has recently returned to work, albeit at a smaller amount of time than he would normally do. Uh, but he's also been now trying to learn how to make dice oh. of his own. Yeah. So he's using his time for that. Oh, so he's kind of artificing, too. Hmm. Yeah, you know, he's uh he's dabbling, but again, it's really those the the practice the skill checks before you can multiclass. It really does suck. Jeremy Crawford, you made a terrible game. Yeah, no kidding. I was about to say, oh, is this John practicing his stuff before he takes a class a level at Artificer? Huh? Huh? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> but we have some fans of the Heralds who had some questions for us. So uh Let's go ahead and uh, switch gears and answer some questions from our fans. I was yelling at I clipped so bad. I really hope that it doesn't it can be recovered. Whoops. Oh my god. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be all right. I, I actually so, It's fine. I, I test clipped with the earlier and uh and it still sounded okay-ish. I just I can turn myself down a lot more. All right. Uh so a uh, friend of the Herald's Carla Bean says and this is to everyone what do you want to put in the alchemy jug next? And I'm going to have it. Let's do it both in character, in our Houses and Humans characters, as well as us individually. Can we just, guys, I, I like this, but I, I can't keep this bit up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, this is, like, this is, this was fun, but, like, I'd, I'd rather just have us talk as players, and I okay, think that'll be a little more interesting. Right. Okay. Jonathan, what would you want to put in the alchemy jug next? Either as your character or you as a person. All right. So... Me as a person, I'm running super low on vodka right now. Now, uh, there's a liquor store around here that I can call and and get a nice contactless pickup. I'm just lazy. Yeah. So vodka would be your answer? Vodka would be my answer. So both myself and Carlton, ice cream. Alchemy Jug makes a gallon of ice cream every day. Okay, hold on. Is it real ice cream or is it soft serve? Real. It's real. It's real? real? It's real. Okay. Well, it comes out soft serve because of the spouts, but then as it hits the plate, it solidifies into real. I see. So it there's like a transconfiguration at the yes. spout. Me, Julia, the human being, I would love, love, love it if we had an alchemy jug that made apple juice. Mm. Uh, apple juice is my favorite, favorite juice. It is so good. And you can mix it with alcohol if you're feeling grown up and boozy. But like we have been doing a lot of, we, there's a really great provincial park near us uh, called Gatineau Park. And so we've been getting out. If you need to get out of your house, might I recommend going out into nature? You're not going to be indoors. You're not going to be around people. Uh, we've been ordering bagels from one of our favorite bagel places. And we'll basically like they'll deliver. They'll deliver you bagels at like seven in the morning that are hot and fresh. And they keep giving me a fucking orange juice instead of apple juice because I fucking love a hot plain bagel and apple juice. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful combo and giving me a goddamn orange juice and I, orange juice is fine. 
apple juice is better. I would like an alchemy dog that can make me some apple juice. I miss apple juice so much. Mm. That was my go-to, like, airplane drink. Something I also miss a bunch. But it was always like when I would, you know, drink service would come around and it was always an apple juice for me. Oh, mine is ginger ale. If it's not ginger ale, I'll just drink water. Yeah. And Jack, what would be your contribution to the alchemy jug? I would probably have it make some honey. I'm, I'm craving sweet stuff, but I know that adding straight up sugar to it is um, no go for me health wise. But honey has all kinds of medicinal benefits. So uh, it, is it already part of the thing? It is like you know, to add okay. it, if I wanted to add something new. Yeah, hmm. yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, what would we like? Not we just add say, hey, let's only make mayonnaise. <laughs> right, 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 right. Ah, uh, gosh, what would I make? Maybe. Yeah, what would you? What would be your new ingredient to add to the alchemy jug? Barbecue sauce. Barbecue Ooh. sauce. Oh, here we Ooh. go. Okay. Gonna gonna put the hot seat on you there, Jack. Jack from the <laughs> Northeast. Okay. What region of barbecue sauce would you like our alchemy jug to make? So choose your words carefully because some of us have very strong opinions about this, and it's basically not everybody. At all three of us. Thankfully, they're just opinions, and they can be they neither right nor wrong because they're just opinions. They're preferences. Lately, I I've actually had got to try this recently. Uh, Jim Ross uh, from wrestling fame has his own barbecue sauce. He does. And, um, yes, it's pretty good as as far as like for the price it costs. Like it's a little bit higher tier than Sweet Baby Ray. And I just enjoy it. I think I can tell, like, it apparently traces back to his uh, his wife and his mom. What kind of style is it, though? Is it Kansas City? A lot of the stuff you buy nationally is ironically a Kansas City barbecue sauce. I don't know that I have the vocabulary to answer that. I just know it tastes good. Is it? So, let's see. It wouldn't, it would, it wouldn't be very, it's, is it vinegary? Is uh, it thin? Or is it thick? It's a bit thicker. Is it thicker? Does it have, like, like, tom- is it... Okay, is there like a, a is it dark and has deep really molassesy and brown sugary and tomatoey notes to it? Yeah, yeah, that's Kansas. Most so most like Sweet Baby Ray's I think is Kansas City. Most national, okay. it's it's really weird and ironic because like Kansas City is not a dominant style of barbecue. It is very specific to the area, right? But like it is the dominant barbecue sauce, probably thanks to like McCormick, right? <laughs> probably, yeah. It doesn't make it bad. It's dominant, I think, uh, throughout the United States because it is a, a thing that people, It's it's got great tomato and molasses notes to it. And it's very accessible. It's an accessible good thing. And when you make it well, you make it really well. But yeah. that's what I wondered if you were slowly sucking down that mustard-based South Carolina barbecue sauce. <laughs> you know, I got to try some of that. Ironically, the last time I was in a the Carolinas, uh, my wife had discovered a new favorite hot sauce. Uh, I think it's called Texas, ironically, Texas Pete. Texas Pete, Pete. and like it they is had made it in North in, Carolina. <laughs> they had it in our, our hotel, and my wife like, this is amazing. You get this at home, and I, I went grocery shopping, like, it's everywhere. So, like, yeah, we can. Y'all got it. I was going to say, just stop by a Kroger on your way out, and, okay, that's just, that was just my question for you. Because, <laughs> and, and I would recommend the South Carolina Weirdo Mustard Barbecue. It's very good. Uh, add it to my list. Moving on, good old friend Al the Bard asks, if each of you could have an artifact in the game, what would it be? This can apply for well-known artifacts such as the Deck of Many Things, Sword of Cost, etc., or ones from a live play like Critical Role, i.e. Craven's Edge, Titan, Stone, Gauntlets. So, anybody have an answer immediately? Or do you guys want some time to think on that one? Jonathan has one for Jonathan the Magimuscular. 
either the because your proficiency bonus is what affects your say like safety seas, right? Yes. So the Iron Stone of uh, Mastery. I believe that's a legendary. So he's talking about artifact. Artifact. I mean, we could do oh. an artifact slash legendary. I think he would probably still do an Iron Stone, maybe just a super rare one, because they don't cost any item slots. They just automatically make all your shit better. I, there's probably like a Staff of the Magi or something, or I, I don't know, like a wand that is super powerful. But the thing that comes to mind is definitely an Iron Stone. It's on a wish list. Yes. I would say Carlton, you know, well, John, what, Carlton doesn't know this exists, but John knows about the Axe of the Dwarvish Lords, which is baller, and he would love to get his hands on one of those. It is a plus three battle axe that functions as a belt of dwarven kind, a dwarven thrower, and a sword of sharpness. It's got two minor beneficials, one major beneficial, and two minor detrimentals. I also get immunity to poison, dark vision increases by 60, and provision with artisan's tools related to blacksmithing. You can conjure an elemental, uh, an earth elemental from it, and you can uh, use it to cast teleport as well uh, to somewhere underground. Oh, <laughs> only to places underground? If your intended destination underground, there is no chance of a mishap or arriving somewhere unexpected. Oh, so it's just super focused for somewhere underground. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, however, there is a curse that would make Carlton appear more dwarf-like. I love that. I love the idea of you <laughs> looking like a dwarf that's just really, really tall. <laughs> but after seven days, I would literally just be an or half-orc in a dwarf's body. Literally. After seven days, the creature looks like a typical dwarf, but he's neither loses the racial trait nor gains the racial traits of a dwarf. Travancore, or Jack, what, would, what kind of uh, really strong-powered item would you want? Having had about two minutes to have researched it, I, I, came ac- <laughs> I came across the Ring of Winter, which actually looks interesting, but not for the reason you think. As the name would imply, it gives you power over over ice and things of that nature, but it also prevents you from aging. It keeps you from being scryed. It keeps you from basically dying. And of course, it has you know ice age stability, be able to freeze things. So I don't know if it's because Travancore Jr. is so into um, you know Frozen and that I'm into X-Men, but ice powers seem pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. And Julia? I uh, hadn't seen this question in advance, and I don't have anything off the top of my head, but I will say that when I was listening through to the first, very first season of The Adventure Zone, they had a thing where you could send into the fantasy Costco, and I always thought about sending in an item. So my father, many years ago, from the actual Costco, bought what he called the biggest motherfucking flashlight in the world. And he loved it. It was for walking the dog late at night because you turned that thing on and it was like a high beam from a car. It was huge and chonky and it was useful also like hurricane season, right? So I thought I always wanted to submit an item based on that where you turned the flashlight on at different levels and it had different divinity spells in it. Daylight or perhaps a... uh, a, a very high power turn or destroy undead and it would just be a a a flashlight that you would have to figure out in game somehow what the fuck flashlight is and the cone of light is the area of um, effect of the spells and you can use it once per day to just fry the undead with the divine light of day. And I never submitted it because I'm one of those people, but 
I always thought that would be a really, really cool object to have in <laughs> It's a divine flashlight. And I think that'd be fitting for Bernie to have a giant divine flashlight almost as big as she is. You know what I think would be hilarious for Bernie? Mm-hmm. The Mask of the Dragon Queen. <laughs> they give you power to summon and control Tiamat. I think, never mind, let's, yes, Mask of the Dragon <laughs> Queen. Lauren will never give it to her. Hail Tiamat! I just really, she just grabs the Mask of the Dragon Queen. And she's like, who's in charge now? I'm the queen now, bitch! And... <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds good to me. I like baskets. I just I yeah I I sh- I spend a lot of time like flipping through D and D books, and then apparently I retain nothing. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons and Dragons strategy video game that brings together D and D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on September 6th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. A-U-L-A-V-O-L-T-T-Y-N-D. So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. (laughs) Alright, the bunny monster had asked us, in episode 171, we stopped the game to have a conversation about where the narrative was heading. Y'all decided to leave the conver- leave the conversation in the episode. Have there been other times where you haven't? And have you wished that something was not ed- slash not edited out in the other episodes? I actually went back through so that I would like know which episode. This was um, 171. This is when we were discussing the Cobalts who had sort of come into Waterdeep. And I, I specifically paused it because I was... I felt myself going down a road that was like, wow, this really sounds like uh, an analogy for refugees coming in and there's not enough space for you. And I I personally was worried, like, I never, I would never want to say anything that, like, did not align with my beliefs. Like, I understand, like, I, like, I think it's fine to decide to play an evil character and all those things, but there are a few things for me personally, especially knowing that we are a podcast. This isn't just an at-home game. Like, I don't want to pretend to be a thing I don't like. I don't want to pretend because that's not fun for me. Like, uh, yeah. and we and we decided. Like, I I listened through the scene at the end where we talked about why we wanted to leave it in, and we basically came to the conclusion that you know it's really important in your home game and any game to say, hey, I'm really not comfortable with this. I don't. I don't want this to go down this road. I don't want to make, I don't want our characters to make these choices and to pause. We have stopped the game a couple other times. Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah, we de- we do it. I mean, not often, but we definitely, at, I mean, we're, we're lifelong friends. We'll stop and say, hey, I don't, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not that. But specifically with that episode, it was, we had a really good discussion about it um, that we thought was, had a really powerful message as well. And so we decided to leave that one in. The rest, it's like, I, 
it wasn't important as important to leave into an episode because it's just us talking like, hey, I'm not really cool with this. I'm not really feeling it. You know, so it's it didn't really add to the conversation. Whereas 171, I think, really added to the conversation. It also, like, I think we paused a couple times because, like, I enjoy, I've, I've now played in several other games where people aren't as into role-playing. I think we're all pretty into role-playing. And I think the downside to role-playing is if it's an emotional situation for your character, you can get very invested in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've paused a couple times where I've been like, I need to make sure you guys know that Bernie is angry, but Julia is not angry. That, like, I'm making a decision for my character, and I'm not making a decision, like, especially when one of your characters is the same name as you. (laughs) Or a lot of these characters for us are very similar to us in personality, and I, like, I... It does, yeah, it doesn't add. And to me, I, I'd, I'd like to hear what both Jack and Jonathan have to say about that. Yeah. But I mean, I've definitely, I, I've, I've been glad to, to stop where we need to, just to make sure that uh, everything's good, everything's cool, and I'm okay with, like what John said, where since the conversation around the Cobalts added to, I think a greater social conversation that was fine to leave in. But I think some like personal stuff, like if we get into tiffs or whatever, because it, this is an emotional game. Like Jules said, we we love to role play, and there are times when that stuff really doesn't need to to get yeah. in there because that's just momentary little flare ups that we might regret. So it's like okay, it's it's fine that it doesn't get in. It mostly us checking in on one another, right? Yeah, Jack. Well, right off the bat, what I'm thinking about is a long time ago when Travancore sort of revealed his true uh, nature. Oh, uh, yeah. Spoiler warning, <laughs> the version you heard was not the first go-around we had for that. It didn't go as well. And part of that is up to lack of communication on my part. Part of it is expectations. Part of it is, you know, just the fact that the characters that we play are often very similar in personality, oh. as Jules said, to uh, to who we are as people. I mean, Travancore is not that – spoiler, Travancore is not that different than I am in real life. We talk basically the same. There's a couple of differences. I am not, in fact, a, a noble with eight-pack abs. But uh, aside from the cosmetic pieces of it, I, I definitely could have handled it better looking back at it. And I feel testament to Lauren for having the high emotional intelligence she has. She's very good about checking in on us whenever we have an emotionally intense game, making sure that – that we're okay. And and I think that's a good thing for a DM to do, to check in on their the emotional health and the well-being and uh, see, get the, the, a sense for where the party is at in general and then also the players as individuals. So it's possible that if we had another DM who didn't have that high emotional intelligence that, you know, who knows we'd still be playing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always said from day one that even if this didn't go anywhere – we probably still would be because it's a way for us to stay connected to our friends who yeah. live across the world. Yeah. yeah. We are literally all over Canada and the United States. Yeah, I think it is a huge testament to Lauren. She, she'll she yeah. do that. She'll be like, y'all need to check in. Or, or we'll just like get, sometimes we'll just get on tangents and I'm like, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to edit this out. This, either this is boring or this is too much personal information or like, I'm like, oh. Like, well, I, I will sometimes make an angry reference to something in my life and be like, oh, we can't keep that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, we usually just chit chat for like half hour, 45 minutes before we even start playing just yeah. because like, this is the time we get to hang out with our friends. Yeah. This is, this is, a, yeah. But it's also on that note, it's one of those things I, I think anybody listening always stop your home game if you think, never let it be like, oh, my character did that to you. I didn't do that to you. Stop and say, my character is angry. 
but I want to make sure we're all on the same page that we're not physically angry. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop your game. Stop your game when you need to stop your game. It's it's not fucking worth losing a friend. No. But also don't antagonize other people on purpose in like ways you know that they'll be hurt, right? Yeah. Like I no, like none of you guys do this. I see a lot of shit in Reddit. And people are like, yeah. oh. Oh, yeah. Reddit level. I was like, do Carlton, Reddit. maybe post yeah. the Bernie Bear just a I, little bit sometimes. Yeah, no. Don't weaponize the game. Don't weaponize yeah. the game to hurt people. Just because it is no. just a game doesn't mean, yeah, don't weaponize it. Let's, uh, we have one from uh, Dread Pirate Eric, a, also known as Patchyal on Twitter. What is one thing you would change about your character if you could retcon it? Let's go with, uh, we'll kick it off with Jack this time. Ooh, let's see. I feel like one of the things I would have done, maybe not reconning a character so much, but I probably would have come into the game with a more fully formed character. Like, and especially in the early episodes, I was continuing to write the backstory, like, for the first 50 episodes of others. I was sending Lauren, like, pages and pages of stuff. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, like, you've probably read all that stuff already. But uh, that came over time, and not having that fully formed going into the game, I think, hurt us. And it sort of changed who Travancore was a little bit. And I probably won't go as hard with backstory with my next character. I'm thinking maybe a page at most and then building anecdotes with uh, with others because it can get very confusing at times. But uh, but yeah, like otherwise, I think I for for what it's worth, for, for, the, for those who don't know, Travancore started off as Sterling and he was just a 3E like card based character, random elf that Lauren kind of came up with. And I sort of sort of built Travancore around around that. So even the, the picking of the class and the skill, I just sort of took a fully formed, like, basic character, like, almost like an Adventure League kind of, like, just startup character and just built around that core, that Travancore, if you will. Dad jokes. I get a bonus for charisma. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I think I would have had a more fully formed idea of who this character is and how he talks. And maybe it's because it's my first long-term D&D game that I didn't know to do that. I mean, if you, for those of you who don't remember, like, Travancore didn't even have a character sheet fully written out until the first, like, ten episodes. And the only reason I did one was because Lauren said you can't play until you have one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Jack, we're not recording anymore until you do this. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I used to think I was the bad one. <laughs> All right, well, if you think you were the bad one, how about you go next? <laughs> Gosh, I, I will say, so backstory of Bernice is this. We were... Like, I was very graciously offered a spot to play with you guys, thanks to Jonathan, actually. Because we I was talking to him about how much I really, really wanted to play D&D. And he went, huh, let me get back to you on that. In his, like, <laughs> enigmatic Jonathan way. Like, you think he just does that, like, in the podcast? No, he, he, he does that as a human. It's always very interesting. And then yeah. suddenly you're on a stage in front of all these people playing Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. And Lauren is standing next to you, like helping you do your little baby roles. But I responded to the email last. And so I was stuck with a cleric and I was just like, oh, Jesus, really? And she was a human. And I like kind of thought, oh, she's a little boring. And I was thinking of making her dragonborn, but I didn't quite know what a dragonborn was, and I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. So, like, kind of, Bernie went through a few retcons, actually. I don't think I have space to retcon her any more than she has, but I, I literally thought she was going to be dragonborn. I tweeted out about it, and I need to know a name, and somebody said Bernie Burns. And this person was also a Rooster Teeth fan, and I didn't get the joke. I thought, oh, that's <laughs> funny because it's Bernie, not because it's, like, the founder of Rooster Teeth. So I'm an idiot. I didn't <laughs> joke for a long-ass time. 
I thought she's fire and a dragon. That's cute. But it stuck even when I decided, you know, fuck, I'm not going to play a dragon board. I, I was reading, I was literally reading through the player's guide and I was like, oh my God, gnomes are amazing. And Lauren was just like, you want to play a gnome cleric? And I was like, yeah. And she kind of was like, okay. And like, I wrote this backstory that I thought was hilarious that her dad was eaten by a bear. <laughs> and I did. So I had all these, like, I wrote, like, I wrote her an email and I was like, here you go. I've been listening to this stuff you missed in history class about, about how one of the ways women were able in medieval Europe to find agency and power. And I think it would be great if she had been in a nunnery and her parents were eaten by bears. And here's, like, I gave her, like, an email and I was like, here you go. Whatever you want to do with it. This is all I got for you. So, like, the big point, the bit, and I was like, her, her goddess, like, I think she was going to be like a tempest and I was like you know what I need to be able to heal these idiots and so I like I I just we kind of retconned it that was like it just needs to be light and I I'm not a very religious person so I thought she would worship Beyonce all of it is so cobbled it's so cobbled together <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't have I'm not allowed to retcon I can't I've already retconned pretty bad on her Jonathan so Jonathan the Magimuscular was kind of put together like Apparently, just like everyone else, kind of half-assed. <laughs> so as the veteran of the group, uh, aside from Lauren, uh, I was sort of the uh, the ringer in among the players. And I kind of took that to a level where I was just like, yeah, yeah, this edition, a fifth edition, you know, I've been through a couple of D&D editions. It'll be fine. I don't need to know all this crap. Uh, so there, I also had a fourth edition version of Jonathan the Magic Muscular along with Sterling Archer uh, that we played at Fado a very long time ago. But I did not realize for the longest time that backgrounds actually gave tangible mechanical benefits because backgrounds what? had been in a they they'd been around a while. They're just like, oh, you were an acolyte, cool, you're an acolyte. You can roll on this table for, like, the trinket you have. It wasn't until, I want to say, like, 20 episodes in. It was a deep It was a while before I was like, oh, I get skills. And, like... <laughs> that was the first thing I figured out. I read the whole book, and I picked a fun background that had nothing to do... I, how did I know that? You didn't know that. I made assumptions... If I recall correctly, it was like, I think I was using one of my background abilities, like, either, and I said, oh, I have this wandering feat or feature from my background. Like, wait, you get something from your background? So, uh, so I picked Folk Hero, which I think works really well with Jonathan the Med Muscular, because that's what he thinks of himself. And the role, the the skills that it gives are, are very appropriate. But I think the biggest retcon is I go back and mm, actually give himself a better background and just integrate it more into uh into his backstory i don't want to retcon too much because when i rolled jonathan the Muscular's stats uh he rolled kind of hot and i don't want to fuck up the space time continuum <laughs> and have him roll like kind of shitty because that's the only reason why he's got a decent strength is because i had a 16 i didn't know what to do with yeah i was actually say that with carlton i would have even though i also rolled very hot i kind of wish i had taken like either the point by or the standard array so i had some more detrimental stats just because i think that would add a little bit more chaos to the game but similar to y'all like i'm sorry my first you're character. enough you are enough chaos <laughs> with continuing i just like the fact that you cannot pass a wisdom save <laughs> ever 
<laughs> with, you couldn't pass a wisdom save if you with a plus one. If, I still can't pass with a plus save. ten and advantage. I don't. You, there's chaos. L- listen, now that Jonathan the Match Muscular is using an eighth level spell every day, hopefully going forward, it'll be a little less of an issue. Eighth level spell every, every day, day. <laughs> and he gets one of those. But yeah, Carlton, just like all y'all was. I mean, except for Jonathan, my first D&D character. Uh, and so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll play the... He was originally just a straight fighter at the original live game. And then uh, I think we decided to put him as Barbarian. But I knew nothing about the game. As much as I play now, like, I knew nothing. So I was like, oh, the player's handbook it says, for a quick start, do this, do that, do this, do that. And so I did. And I chose what it recommended. And I rolled on those tables instead of choosing. And it's like, all right, cool, raised by wolves and do this. And it's like... I kind of pigeonholed, like, don't get me wrong, I really like what I came up with my backstory, but I ended up pigeonholing myself based on what the PHB told me to do. So, if I, like, and Carlton, like, had to kind of evolve, and I made a lot of, like, very rookie mistakes early on, like, with different, like, tropes and stuff, as I was learning to become a player, as Carlton was getting higher and higher level, and I kind of made those tropes, or those pigeonholes work for me, but it would have been, uh, like, especially the character backstories I write now, like, I just get idea and idea, and I've got, like, a binder full of characters that I've never played because I have ideas and backstories, and I cannot wait for y'all to meet Campaign 2 character. I will say something that this has brought to mind to me through this conversation is that we all sort of did this thing where it's, like, even if we made, like, Travancore made his backstory over time and then did what I think is actually really important, which is anticipate one reaction and get the other. I, I do not think you anticipated how mad we decided all of our characters would be. Nope. <laughs> and I I am I think we're we're all getting to that point where maybe we are sooner rather than later ready to explore new characters, but I will say not I will say the fact that we made these decisions our characters have evolved a lot and I've seen people's D&D characters where they pick these traits and these characters are this and they're making decisions within this box and your character it remains on paper, in my opinion, in that case. Like, I, I think I like all of our characters because the people they were when we started are not the people who they are now. The people who they are now have those people in them, but I like that they change. I was going to say, one of Carlton's flaws is I'm too enamored of wine, ale, and other intoxicants. And now John the player is th- over three years sober, and like Carlton also doesn't drink as much in-game yeah. as he used to. I think his more flaw now is he's too doting and loving and kind of blinded by that. I Yeah, I think I listed, I, I mean, I like made silly stuff up about Bernie, but I did decide that one of her flaws was like, was, I think, I think piety and righteousness can be a flaw because you decide that you're, you know, like, I think that's an easier flaw to go with because it's like, like, you can only play like I drink too much for so long before you're like, ah, this is stale. But I like that. I don't, I wouldn't, re- I think... Coming out of this, I kept thinking, you know, I would not retcon a single one of our characters to be perfect at the start. Because right. that's so boring. Yeah. yeah. Characters are living and evolving. All right. Dan Oliviera uh, asks, if you had to switch character sheets with someone else in the party, which character would you want to play? Carlton. Huh? I would play Carlton. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just Ooh, wanted Carlton. to call it before. I was actually going to say Bernice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to actually say Bernice as well. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. Wait, Jules, maybe we can convince Lauren to let us do a Freaky Friday episode. Yeah. <laughs> like where we're just holding a magic tome. <laughs> yeah, so no love for the 5e Ranger, which outside of the confines of this game and having a bear with you, you know, there there's a discussion to be had there. But I actually want to play as, uh, as Jonathan, the magic monster. I feel like having to know all those spells and do the calculations for everything you need to do and be more aware of things. Like with a ranger, it's really just kind of point and shoot. Like I am a loaded gun and I am very, my character is very easy to play. Playing as a wizard, I think would provide a different challenge. I think you are on the right track. If, if Kenny Baggins Jr. is going to be your next character and you do go the route of bard, Bards are very interesting spellcasters because, yeah, they are. like Jonathan the Metamuscular is, and I've he said this in character, and I believe it as the player who plays him. He is a blunt instrument of a wizard. He blasts things. He has some buffs and and things, but I've seen some people play some very interesting, uh, like abjuration wizards or conjurers who like can summon an army with them, or diviners who can use their divination abilities both like for buffs and just for hey we you know we're in this campaign we don't know what's going on so i'm going to at- literally ask the room what it knows and those kinds of wizards are like even light years beyond jonathan the magimuscular so i i heavily encourage the play of wizards i think people uh who might be intimidated by wizards can just play you can Play whatever wizard you want. Like it's a kind of a microcosm of D anD. d Like you can play any kind of D anD. d character you want. Play any kind the of divination wizard is my favorite. Divination wizards are awesome. Yeah, my favorite thing. The DM. Oh, that's going to be a crit. Actually, I had this dream <laughs> where you actually rolled a two. Yeah, great. Use that portent. <laughs> All right, half orc barbarian. Oh God, he rolled a ten on his attack. Actually, I foretold that you were going to roll this crit. <laughs> roll them what? dice. All right. And finally, uh, from the Insta, from Caleb Wisniak, what is your favorite thing about playing D&D with your friends, and what's your go-to drinks? Let's kick it off with Jack. So my favorite thing about playing with you guys is how inventive and creative and how your capacity to surprise... Each of you has surprised me at least once or twice in this game. Some of you more than others, but I I like being able to play with sort of intelligent, creative people, and it makes me more appreciative of of having you guys in my life. And to have the opportunity, especially now as a a parent, not being able to have as much time before is to travel, like that I still have this hour, two-hour block to be able to spend time with such remarkable people. What was the second half of that question again? Uh, What is your go-to drink? Ooh, okay. So it was the, uh, it was beer for a long time, specifically the uh, Walt Witt. That was kind of my favorite beer of the beer era. I know. I just, I'm having fun, like, exploring just drinks on, like, they're both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. So I'm kind of a, a nomad when it comes to my beverage choice now. I'm looking for that new adventure, that new flavor sensation. I'm really kind of digging club soda. Like, my wife's been drinking a lot of club soda with lemon lately. And I find that if you combine a little bit of club soda, a little bit of, like, I can't take fruit juice straight anymore, so I'll cut it with water usually. But if I don't have water handy or if I'm feeling a little bit adventurous, I'll just water. combine it with, look, I'm I'm from Philadelphia. I don't know what you want me to, t- to tell you. And that's <laughs> you, the guy from also from Philadelphia. Yeah, but shit. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a transplant now, so you can, you're bilingual. You can say it both ways. But, uh, but yeah, like, I, I'm just, carbonation, like, I know that seltzers and, club sodas and all that are all on the rage but just something 
like especially having to drink water all the time, like about the, having the bubbles pop on you. It's just uh, that effervescence is uh, it's kind of exciting. I mean, you all have heard the audience has all heard it. I mean, how many times have he's like, oh, I'm drinking this from my groom's person mug. I get the every week I get to spend an hour or two with my best friends, you know, and even pre COVID where I don't get to see my my friends in real life. I've always had this this safety net, this support net. Yeah. So, and like Jack said, I get to play with some amazingly creative individuals, people I've known for over a decade, and there's just a bond between us that you can't explain. And that's what I love is just getting to spend that hour to two with these three people plus Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Lauren, you're included. I do love you as well. Yeah, I'll say I love all four of these people. They are such a good, I mean, I even have them tattooed on my leg. They are such a great group of people, and I love just being able. It's what I look forward to the week. If I have a bad week, hey, I'm going to see my friends. Or sometimes if I have a really, really bad week, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm not in the right headspace. We're like, cool, let's reschedule. Hey, John, you doing good? How are you feeling? It's, we're family, you yeah. know? And so that's what I love being able to play with you all. Um, and then my go-to drink is some weird soda on the show. But if you catch me at a restaurant, it'll probably be an Arnold Palmer with unsweet tea. Ooh. That's how I drink my Arnold Palmer's. You only it, need it, the it's lemonade. It's just the right level of sweetness. Yeah. All right, Julia, since you're also a fan of Arnold Palmer's. God, I love an Arnold Palmer. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't want to be redundant, but it is it is a really, it is a gift to be able to be really comfortable with people. Like, I, let me tell you, somebody asked us at one of our panels about doing voices. Voices are hard, and it is an act of putting yourself out there to just be like, I'm going to be in a character and I'm going to be like being goofy, I think is maybe a little easier, but like it's, you really have to trust the people around you that they're not going to be jerks. And I even like, like, it's like, of course I trust these people not to be jerks, but I think there's something really special in that kind of trust where you just can be creative and explore and a lot of adults get tricked into believing that becoming an adult means like putting aside playing games and imagining and pretending. And that's really sad to me. I love playing pretend with all these fools. Like I love that Lauren does all these crazy voices for all these NPCs. She doesn't have to do that for us. And and that's a lot to put yourself out there the way she does. Even more so I think than the four of us do. Lauren is putting out a story she's made up and trusting us to walk along with her and then pivoting when we don't in an interesting way. So yeah, I think that is, I think it's a really great gift to find, to find people. Like I have one of my best friends from childhood. We are best friends because we spent our entire childhood in the woods behind our houses pretending to be all manner of things real and historical and fantastical and there was a while in my life where I thought that an adult meant giving that up, but it doesn't. And and that's that's pretty, pretty wonderful. Go-to drinks. I am no longer in the land where my go-to drinks were, but if I am, I, I like a lot of beer and I like, try, I love trying new things, but if I am shopping, like, and if I'm in the Lickbo, <laughs> I will always go for a sour beer. If it's a sour beer, that's like, I'll, I'll try it. I'll almost always try an interesting cider. And I actually love uh, blonde ales and I love red ales. So those are my like, if it falls under that beer category, I will order it. <laughs> and then Jonathan, our veteran, why don't you close this out? I mean, I don't think I can say 
anything that I feel better than each and every one of you has. You talk about playing with your friends, playing with your family, and trusting everyone. And that's exactly how I feel. This is a respite for me uh, every week. It is a game that I absolutely love. And I can't wait to continue it with all of you. Go to drink is going to be those fucking truly hard seltzer lemonades. <laughs> oh my god, they're so good. Uh, I turned a friend onto uh, onto them, and they are a little too sweet for her. So she's been cutting them with other less sweet seltzers, and and apparently her dad likes to cut them with the vodka. So I I've done both of those, and yes, they are all delicious options. So. It's my go-to these days. You know, not today. I, oh, oh, look, I finished it. I made a happy drink. <laughs> I right. finished mine, too. Well, I think that's everything, unless anybody else has anything they want to say. I want to thank you all for joining the cast party uh, without uh, our yeah. DM mommy. Lauren will be back next month to return with drinks with the DM. Maybe. We'll find out. You might get yeah. more of us. Who <laughs> knows? I know, because this, is this isn't going on Patreon. This is, this is going... I thought she said this was for August. I thought the August we established that we asked all these people on Twitter to ask us questions, and now we have to tell them it's on the Patreon. Listen, Will that was the good. That was the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Nightly with Listen, Flash. Will, <laughs> I, Lauren will figure it out. Lauren will. De- Lauren will determine what our audience yeah. gets. Maybe and I'm she'll sure. cut it. I mean, it is an hour. Maybe she'll cut it in two. Who knows? Maybe she'll do like all the outtakes, like the fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> or the Patreon gets houses and humans, and the general public gets Q and A. Oh, that that might be a I good like split. That. Yeah, houses yeah. and humans, yeah. housemen. All right. Well, uh, I think we will stop and save our audacities. We all level up to level twenty. Uh, surprise, Lauren. We'll Yay! be ready for the next session. Woo! Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.